0: Welcome to the Ocrest Podcast Channel. Ocrest School in Vienna, Virginia, challenges girls in grades 6 to 12 to develop their intellect, character, faith, and leadership potential to thrive in college and throughout their lives. On today's podcast, Head of School Dr. Mary T. Ortiz, Director of Parent Support Terry Collins, and Director of Institutional Advancement and Ocrest Dad Michael Barvik discuss the importance of fathers to the Ocrest mission, they offer insights and advice on how fathers can support, encourage, and guide their daughters during these middle and high school years.
1: The topic of, of tonight's uh, discussion is, you know, how dads can help um, O'Crest be successful both now and in the future. And really, by extension, that obviously means your daughters. So, um, Mary, you recently lost your dad and we're very sorry that you. had had to go through that recently. And I know he had a powerful influence on your your life. Um, and so I thought, you know, maybe because of your perspective as the head of school, observing the girls, mentoring the girls. Mary's also a mentor, which is incredible. The head of school has the time to to do that as well. Um, but then again, just your experience and the uh, influence that your dad had on you kind of areas where you think some of the some of our dads would really
0: benefit from from
1: your experience.
0: Sure, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see. Um, and I, I, have said it in different ways, but I'm, I'm super grateful for all the prayers that, you know, people have sent, um, in my direction, but in more important than my dad. So I really have from my mom. But yeah, I mean, it's the, anybody who knows me has heard multiple stories about my dad, He's a very, um, sort of colorful character in his own way. But, um, Thinking about as Mike you asked me to think about this, um, what are some of the things that I I have you know kind of received as an inheritance, you could say, and that could possibly be helpful for um, for dads to think about? So I think one of them I, I came up with about three or four. So um, one of them is um, that he he definitely brought home the idea that. Um, he wanted me to do my best, and that was in a way that that was it. That's what he expected. Um, so, I it gave me a lot of freedom because I didn't. Um, I mean, and I, I think I, where girls come in, I think you probably know a lot of girls are naturally, you know, high drivers. Usually, it's not that hard to get girls to work hard in some way, or and sometimes we can tip over to asking too much of ourselves or even into perfectionism. So I you know I'm sure I, I don't know I, I certainly was one who wanted to do very well and my dad saw that probably but um, but the whole idea of like do your best and that's really what I want. And he was serious about it. It wasn't it wasn't fake advice like just do your best but I really want you to be number one. <laughs> and he was absolutely genuine. So what it, but the effect that it had on me is that I, I could really set my own standards which were high, and are high. And that's good, I'm sure he liked that, but I never felt any pressure. Um, I never felt any pressure. He never compared me to anyone. Um, And I think that's really good. Again, thinking about girls, girls tend, I'm I'm just gonna speak about girls as if I don't know anything about boys, Um, but that tendency to compare um, can can be relatively strong in girls. And he really, it was really very much about you're here to do your best, that's what I expect, that's what I'm, I'm happy with and I'm proud of. Um, because again, I think that girls like to please and of course you want to please your dad. And I loved, I loved pleasing my dad, but I, again, I didn't feel like I, you know, I was held to any anything that was, that, that wasn't really what's was important. I knew that I pleased him just by being, I mean, it's pretty simple and obvious, but that came through. And I think again, the effect that it had on me was, I think, and not necessarily you know that in a moment, but over time, is that I had a lot of freedom. Um, I didn't feel pressure. I didn't feel that I had to prove myself um, in any way. But at the same time, I was excited by high standards, because um, that is obviously a really good thing. So there was that. Um, I think I also mentioned, well, it's, maybe it was comparisons, but he like, had this line uh, it's a little bit of realism. He definitely gave a sense of realism. Um, and this very simple line was, um, sometimes I would tell him how I did on something, like in college or even in grad school, like I would just tell him, you know, I did whatever on this exam or this test. And he kind of ground, ground it by saying occasionally, like, well, you know, you're not going to be as, you're going to say, you're you're probably better than the guy who right. And not as good as the guy that the left which I'm sure heard like in World War II. I mean it's not a typical question, but the neat thing about it is like you're basically like it's fine. I mean you did and it was also like you did your best. And it really helped me. It was a, it and over time it gave me a sense of um, again do your best and um, not not your it wasn't that you're you're mediocre or you're middle of the road but um, you know, this is life. Like, kind of accept yourself a little bit. And it wasn't this constant drive to, to prove yourself. So I would call it realism um, that was very helpful. The other few things were um, kind of virtues that were really important to him. And I think they're, they remind me of, like, sort of helping with fortitude and maturity, which, I mean, it's good for everyone. Boys and girls, but I think there is a certain strength when they come from your dad. I, I think he definitely helped me with virtue without being like straight on with it. So, the virtues that he came out loud and strong were um, being very considerate of other people. Um, number one. Number two, being grateful and showing it. And then being loyal. And again, I think his dads are particularly important there. I mean, of course, mothers are, but. Your dad is the one who's more interacting with the world in a way. I mean, my mother was a teacher, but your, you know, dad's out there. So the thing about being considerate of other people, the concrete example was, um, and I, he's, the whole thing is like I felt like I lived in the suburbs. People were always picking us up or you know giving us rides. And like, you cannot. Looking out the front window. <laughs> or, and if they had, you know, they're there, you've got to like, you know, but it was really, I wonder why. He was like, God forbid that you made somebody who was doing something for you like, wait. So it's like super small. That was big. And then, thank yous, um, just as an example, I wrote a thank you letter to the director of financial aid at my college. Because I, and I know that I did that because I, I had a response a beautiful typewritten letter from and saying like, dear Mary, or, you know, our response was, and I was like, gosh, did I really write a Thank you, letter?" but that was part of, part of it. Like, you know, you just thank people. And then the loyalty thing um, was really big. And the way it came out with him was uh, he would say to us, and we, my siblings, we were talking about this. He would say, uh, "Never, never forget where you come from which I think was a big thing for his generation, son of immigrants. And he probably knew people who tried to forget where they came from. <laughs> and no, I don't know, whatever. And never forget what you like never be ashamed you never forget that. And then the other one was uh, he would say, always be loyal to Holy Mother Church, which was interesting because he was not a very outwardly pious person. I mean, he went, you know, religiously, probably went to mass and all that, but he, he didn't grow up at all in anything. like He was never like, he never talked about prayer. He was never a pious person, but this like loyalty. And for us, what we thought later, he used to say Holy Mother Church, when like nobody else said that, mm. but this loyalty. So I think those, it's not that they're only dad virtues, no. are you getting, but they, they really are, I, I think when I look back, I, said, wow, I think it gave me anyway, some degree of fortune and like maturity. And then my last one says so is um, he had a, a very good sense of humor about everything, just very, very funny, and, and definitely by himself. Um, and he 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 could absolutely laugh at himself, and he would say, um, you know, like I'm not perfect. Maybe like oh my gosh, and he would joke about that, but he he really could laugh at himself. So he wasn't. Um, you got the sense that he was forgiving. Uh, with, with himself a little bit, like like, follow some foibles. He was a forgiving person and very empathetic in a, in a tough way, and um, and I think that was, I think that was good. Um, he was not an icy model. I think no. that was it. He was not, like, somebody who couldn't. But he also had a little bit of the sobriety and austerity of his generation. He was not touching feely at all. But, um, but at the same time, he was not, you know, like, icy and cold. By any means, and I think that humanity of like we're all you know, we're all just kind of struggling. Um, so if I could sum it up, I think it was a lot of humility. And I was going to announce to you that I'm the most humble person <laughs> I know, isn't it? You know, but what I mean by humility is, um, like an openness, like a teachability, um, as opposed to like. I don't know, just kind of like um, strident or rigid or or kind of closed. It was a it was a humanity that I, I mean not just to me to all, all of my siblings, but um, I think for a daughter, I mean I would say the takeaways were um, just that I, keep re- I really just had to do my best, and that was going to be enough. And I really loved that. And when you look back on that, like, I think that gave me like just a roadway ahead. Yes.
1: Well, thank you. No, that's that's incredible. It kind of brings back memories of my dad and, and my, my sisters who kind of were on both ends of the spectrum. But uh, thank you very much for, for sharing that. Um, Terry uh, Collins is also with us tonight. And, and again, I think what Terry reinforces is just the quality of people that um, are involved in the school. And um, you know, at, the, at the one level, uh, Mary talked about all the wonderful faculty members that we have who engage with, uh, <coughs> excuse me, with your daughters on a daily basis. But again, the parent partnership is part of our mission, and, it's, and, and we like to, to walk the talk, I guess, is, is what you say, and, and Terry is, is the embodiment of that. Terry Collins leads our parent partnership program. Uh, is, as I mentioned, is a huge asset to the school, but she's much more. She's an alum, alum parent. She's a former board member. She's a former teacher. She's a former director of admissions. I probably missed. She's she's a lot of former's, and it's not because she she doesn't do those jobs well. It's just like she does it so well. We've got to give her more responsibility. And so, you know, kind of to the word that parent partnership matters. I think she's got one of the biggest responsibilities at the school um, because she her job is to think about you as dads and your wives as moms. And the critical role that you play in your your daughter's life, but also the critical role that you play in making Oak Crest a great institution. And so, she thinks about this, she prays about this, she she uh, sleeps about this. I mean, this this is what she does. And so, um, you know, again, in the vein of, of how dads uh, can can help make Oak Crest a, a a better place both now and in the future, I know that you you know had a, had a couple of ideas that that you thought were critical, but wanted to kind of hone in on on one in particular. So. So terry collins
2: please well, thank you thank you so much so um yes i i personally i have four daughters who've graduated and i felt so supported when i was here um by all the different programs that were offered and so um i have to give a little pitch right back to uh, mike here that um i've seen the father's club grow tremendously and i'm really really um confident in the resource that they are for you. Um, it's led by incredible men. Uh, we've got Mike and Matt and Kurt and Rob, and they've got a lot of combined wisdom there. Um, they've, they've seen their daughters through many ups and downs. And um, I would say use them as a resource. That would be one of my pitches tonight um, to encourage you definitely to do that. So, um, so I'll mention some other ways maybe that we can keep uh, growing. Um, in your important role as fathers. So, we know that Dr. Leonard Sachs came here in the fall, and uh, we do have the recordings of um, his presentation on our website. And I've talked to parents who have watched it time and time again and have get sent it to other people to watch as well. So, if you haven't availed yourself of that, I would highly recommend um, tapping into that wisdom there. Um, his one of the Books that he he wrote, he wrote many, is called Girls on the Edge. And you know, in summary, the book is his main idea is that girls need to be strong. They need to develop a sense of self. And in his words, a sense of personhood, a robust interior life, and the sturdy core of personality to navigate the storms of life. So um, it's a fascinating book, and he goes through. Several things that the culture might be doing um, to harm that that proper notion of self, um, and so what I'm going to be doing is kind of highlighting um, how we can counteract that as parents um, in upcoming uh, writings that I'm going to put out there. But um, so one of the one of the main um, tenants in his book is that um, these girls have to develop this sense of self, and so how can we help them build that sense of self? And um, one of the things that he points out is that we're raising adults. And it's kind of an interesting concept because sometimes we look at our children and think that we're raising children. But what we're looking is far into um, the horizon there to see them as adults, as 30-year-olds who are gonna look back and, and, and really evaluate you honestly. <laughs> and you're gonna hear some great reviews, uh, I think when they're 30, so hold out <laughs> till they're 30. Um, I can't wait for my kids to reach 30. Um, so, and this is, you know, just maybe seeming um, a bit obvious, but you are the parent. And so um, God has given you that role. He gave your children as a gift to you. Um, and the child gets to know themselves in relation to you. And I love that he's pointing and drilling down on this. And this is um, why I studied from the church and from psychologists over the years. So I think our, you know, one thing we'd always encourage here is like to never be afraid to be the parent and, and to be afraid of that role. God's given you a child and he would never give us that huge responsibility with all the grace we need um, to fulfill that duty. So, But as with anything, we do have to develop our skills. So... Um, so um, you are their parents. Um, and um, we know who we are in relation to God, right? We're the children of God. And those people that realize that are pretty well set, right? If we, if we realize that we are children of God, and what that means and all that entails. And um, the culture of your family is so very important. And you know, Mary giving her ante- um, anecdotes about that um, really help you develop the sense of who I am. Um, And so we need to really work on building those kinds of relationships. And you're probably already doing them so beautifully. Um, We adore your daughters, so you're doing great things. Um, So anything you're gonna hear tonight, probably not gonna be um, revolutionary, um, but maybe more like a little like, oh, I could tweak that a little bit or I'll I'll use that idea. Um, So um, things like having family meals together should never be discounted as something like it you know that can easily be pushed aside because I have more important things to do but it's a priority in our families like we have family meals together that's where all these beautiful conversations take place um to make a real deliberate attempt I think he was talking about to have um these larger family gatherings again the girl is getting a sense of who she is and her sense of self by these larger family gatherings which are a real blessing and um so whatever it's going to be, like at the 4th of July or Thanksgiving, you, know, you go up to upstate New York or something to be with some at some other side of the family for a, t- a time, just to really make that important and to talk about that. Um, Dr. Sachs talks a lot about intergenerational conversations and those, uh, those events are awesome for that, for all the conversation you have grandma and your aunts and all their combined wisdom. I remember one time, this was a couple of years ago, we had scheduled, um, we were trying to get a family trip together and um, the kids were really looking forward to it. And I said, you know, the, the bad thing is, it's gonna, it's gonna go over 4th of July. And my kids were like, absolutely not. We're not gonna do that because on my husband's side of the family, uh, he's one of six children and uh, there's 30 cousins on the same, you know, same generation together. And um, it's one time in the year where everybody's going to be there. It's, a, it's an all play. Everybody comes. And they're like, we're just not. We're just, yeah. I was like, okay. I now that's really important. I'm really glad. I'm really glad to do that. So, you know, that family is important to the core. It really is. And um, we want to build their core. Um, I have another little anecdote. My, um, I have a niece. My, again, my husband's side of the family. Um, my sister-in-law adopted a young girl from Peru uh, when she was eight years old. And um, this, this little girl was a Peruvian Indian, so she actually grew up in the jungles of Peru. And um, her parents, very, very loving home and loved her family. And her, her parents were killed in front of her by the Shining Path. Very traumatic. And um, she ended up going to um, an orphanage run by sisters, nuns there, very loving community. And then my sister-in-law went down there and she adopted her and so she comes back to this country. And then, you know, my husband's side of you know this large, extended, warm, loving, lots of hugs, lots of fun family. And um, about a year into her coming back to the States to live here, um, my sister-in-law decided, you know, I want to get her evaluated by a psychiatrist because she had a lot of trauma in her life. And I just wanted to make sure she's okay. And so the psychiatrist, she got a great recommendation, spoke to somebody really great and um, after the evaluation, the psychiatrist um, told her the result, you know, that everything I can see, um, she came from a loving family, like she knows who she was, she's, she's loved, she's, you know, she, she came from a great family, and she's in this extended, beautiful family. And she's, and the, the psychiatrist said, um, it's the best medicine, it's really all she needs. And that's powerful for any of us to hear. You're the best medicine ever. Your daughter, is going to to have. If there's a crisis or a problem, um, it's going to be you. You're going to be the answer to that. So, um, and again, God God wants to give you all the grace to be everything that your daughter needs. And so, um, first, it's a sacramental. Well, going back to baptism, but um, most recently, your your sacramental grace of marriage. Um, you can really lean on that. It's continual grace that's coming through, uh, not just on the marriage day, to be the best parent that you can be. Um, and second, seeking really to be a son of God and to grow in that relationship with him. So um, Mike can tell you about the recollections that are offered for men down, down the street here at and um, Study Center. It's an extra, I think, excellent spiritual mentoring for, yeah, for no, men. I think,
1: I think uh, kind of focusing on that just the example of dad's, um, not only in those uh, social uh, uh, engagements, but also in your faith faith life, Uh, two anecdotes. One, um, my dad was not a very social person, he was a very kind of solid, serious person. And and it was very interesting, I was was actually talking to Mary about this recently, um, about the impact that that had on us as, as children. when He would get together with friends and just kind of just even observing um, you know, uh, our dad in, engaging in social uh, activity was kind of, kind of, you know, kind of nice and re- reassuring, but also just, it was beautiful. <laughs> it was really just kind of a neat thing. It's, it's very, very small thing, but you know those relationships and frankly the the opportunities that you know hopefully we'll have more in person opportunities in the future for for dads to get together, build those friendships are really important. Um, and then from the, <coughs> excuse me from the kind of the faith. Uh, role and just the importance that that plays in the development of, of, uh, of, of children. I, there have been studies that show that, you know, if a, if a, if a mother is consistently going to mass, you know, or, or to, to services on a regular basis, that, that their child will go, will end up going, you know, 30% of them will end up going on to mass. Uh, if the father goes as well, it, it, it shoots up uh, exponentially. So again, you know, very, very simple activity. Of, of taking your faith seriously, of engaging in those opportunities. And Carrie mentioned that there is a center of Opus stay in Reston that has opportunities, and we've had uh, events there as well. Father Marty, our chaplain, is still offering confessions here uh, for those who are Catholic um, on Saturdays <coughs> that, uh, again, I, I I hope you'll take advantage of it if you, if you uh, haven't already done so. Um, you know, Again, when we're able to open up, again, just being able to stop in and, and, and take advantage of the chapel. I know our daughters love seeing us go in there and pray. But again, the, and the Father's Club, again, just I, I want a you know, cheap plug for the Father's Club, but, but uh, you know I think that this has been a, a really great uh, addition uh, in the sense of the fraternity that, that is being built uh, uh, at Ocrest through through the Father's Club. So, so yeah, no, I think, uh, I think that's, that's excellent. So
2: that's yeah. great. I, I'd like to follow on with that a little bit about a story about my dad. So when he was, when I was younger <laughs> um, we would go on walks together. I was, I was pretty athletic and so was he and so that was the way we bonded and exercising together. And um, we would go through the neighborhoods and um, he would just bring his rosary out. He always had a rosary in his pocket. I'll never forget that. And my dad was a Navy captain. And to me, like, he was larger than life and like somebody I looked up to so much uh, for his service to our country and just all that he did. And to see him pull out the rosary um, and just, you know, start to say, I and mean, we would sing Marian hymns together. I mean, um, for this beautiful man that would, you know, that I looked up to so much would, would do that. So I think I, it's well known that um, girls look to their fathers as a measure too, of whom they hope to marry. And so um, I think those moments, I was looking at him that way, like, who am I gonna marry that's gonna be as good as you? (laughs) I have to say, I don't think I ever verbalized it to him, but he can hear me now. And um, so your daughters, the great news is that they're predisposed to admire you. So it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful bond there. And I think it it could be a good question to ask ourselves. I asked myself, um, am I the kind of person I want my child to marry? And I think that can be um you know just a really good stop and think moment. Like what, what, what is something maybe that I can change or tweak? So,
1: so um, we we've talked a little bit about kind of things that, that dads can be, you know, working on, but you know, then what any any suggestions on like how to then you know put that into practice with our daughters, you know, engaging with them, opportunities to, to have those, to build those relationships.
2: Yeah, I think it's um, um it's really good, and you probably do this um, depending upon the number of children you have. Um, but no matter what the number is, um, you have to develop your relationships one on one. So you have that family that we spoke about earlier. You know that that sense of family and togetherness, and that's part of who you are. But also that one on one time. And um, Michael Moynihan has an excellent book. It's called Decisive Parenting, and I highly recommend it. Um, if you can order that for yourself on Amazon, so. The walks and the talks that you have with your child now, like capitalize on any time in the car together. I've heard so many stories about girls that are, you know, doing travel, soccer, or something, and their conversations with their dad. Share your stories and your fo- your foibles, as Mary was saying. You know, you create that trust that's there, and she's going to draw on it now and into the future. And um, I know that my daughters go on separate walks with their dads. They go exploring all the different nearby neighborhoods, and um, they've been doing it for many, many years. And um, when I was preparing this, I said, "Can you?" um," I sent a text to my four daughters, and I said, "Can you tell me some ways that um, when you were, you know, middle school and high school, that dad helped to build the relationship with you?" And um, they said some things that they said um, when they would talk, and this is in high school, you know. we would talk about my future and what I wanted out of my college experience. What was I hoping to get from it? So um, helping them to think a little bit beyond the you know the surface of getting into college, but what do you hope to get at the long run? Then um, he would give advice, but he also gave, discussed all the valid options and not pressure them into making a choice that he would make. And they really appreciated that. So you know, talking in depth on all their valid options for any decision they're going to make. Um, He made them feel supported and encouraged their strengths. And Mary was just talking about that. Where are are your strengths? Um, My one daughter wrote, he would apologize for mistakes, which took a lot of humility and made them feel respected. So if you apologize to your child, they're going to feel respected. And um, it's hard to do sometimes. And then one of my daughters wrote, some people never get verbal affirmation. Dad would say the words, I love you, or I'm proud of you, or I'm sorry, out loud. And that's a really, I thought, um, that really hit home of what I know about girls <laughs> is that they really want you to name things and they want to be told. So it might be a good, you know, punch your your son in the arm and off you go, but your daughter wants to hear, I love you. But that punch in the arm, most especially, good your son, but most especially your daughter. And my wife feels the same way. Does she still, does yeah, she, 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 she want you to say I love you the all the same. time? I'm still,
1: I still haven't figured <laughs> it out, I'm sorry. Now you know, now you know, you just
2: got to do it. Um, so one of my daughters attended my husband's alma mater, um, same college um, up in Baltimore. And um, she said that she would call him whenever the work got too intense. He's been there. So he, know, he knows what a pressure cooker can be. And he would talk to her and sometimes he would just put things down. He would go up to have lunch with her or dinner, whatever it took. Um, and she said literally that he was her lifeline. And I think um, it was all those walks. Um, elementary school and middle school and high school together that built that trust and built that relationship that he could be the lifeline later on. So you can do that. So um, I'm gonna be covering, as I said, some of Dr. Sachs's main points and, and giving recommendations that he gave uh, and recommending other books as well. Um, I put out a monthly letter to parents in the Friday Okie Bulletin, So every Friday that comes out. And um, if you want some more ideas for inspiration, um, maybe like a professional development for dads, if you will, um, I want to recommend a couple of books. Um, number one, um, Meg Meeker's book, Strong Daughters, Strong Fathers. She's also got a blog that's fantastic. But our very own Ocrest podcast channel, we have over 50 recorded podcasts there, including Mary's Coffees with the Head," which we were talking about in the beginning that sometimes it's hard to get to. But a lot of people tell me they'll listen to it in the car if they're going for walks uh, these days. Um, the one I would love you to, to um, listen to is also named strong daughters strong fathers and it's um, stories about um, by a couple of our teachers who are millennials and how their dads um, gave them a sense of themselves and the relationship with their dads and it's they're very beautiful touching and quite popular um, on our channel and then finally I mentioned it before Michael Moynihan's book decisive parenting and um, it's an easy read. Um, some great stories in there, and um, some real practical advice there. And um, and Dr. Sackett's talk as, talks, as I mentioned before, are on the website, and we have links to his two books. Um, the Collapse of Parenting is one, as well as Girls on the Edge. So um, we're hoping tonight to really encourage you. Um, and as I mentioned before, you know this is not. Um, Probably there's many things you already you already do, or, um, but just to give you some uh, specific resolutions, maybe to take away um, today um, would be awesome. To do that.
1: Thank you, thank you very much, Sherry. So sure. we have about 10 minutes left, and again, uh, if you if anything that we've you've heard tonight inspires a question, you know, I'd, I'd encourage you to go ahead and submit that. Um, have we received any questions yet? Let's see. So yeah, go ahead. I, I, I'm kind of new to the technology part here. I need to take some of O'Crest STEM classes. So I'm not seeing the question option on my version.
0: Um, I can read the question yes, if you like, has the school seen an uptick in applications this year as have <laughs> other private schools?
1: Okay, uh, the question is, has O'Crest seen an uptick in applications as have some other private schools? Yeah, great. softball, sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: great question I um, happily the answer is yes, yes. so um, we actually started seeing a lot of interest in the school as you can imagine um, last summer um, you know even like last June uh, obviously July as they you know, that's just that odd time and and thanks be to God we did well um, going uh, offline so anyway last summer we started seeing the interest and um, I was was really very. I think we made some really nice decisions to 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 stay with um, the students we had already accepted. Just, and but those people that all that interest turned into, you know, real traffic in the admissions office this year. So our, it's been very busy. Um, the numbers have been very high, um, and it's been. Ex- I think it's been exciting. So that's the news.
1: I um, figured it out. Look at that. It just it just okay. Took- Two seconds. So here's, a, this is a good question. Uh, not that that wasn't, yeah. <laughs> with, the, <laughs> that wasn't yeah. with the climate and numerous controversial topics at the forefront of the information environment today, social media is more divisive than ever. With the upper school girls having access to social media during the day, how are you planning to control the introduction to those topics into the school
0: environment? Um, hmm. Well, I think there um, are different ways of looking at it. I mean, we're really trying to educate in freedom and responsibility. I guess that, that would be the foundation. Um, so, um, you know, that's that's really important. It's coming out in so many different ways. The choices that I make, what choices am I making? Um, are they helping me become a better person or not? I mean, that's just... Part and parcel of so many classes here and i and i definitely don't only mean theology class so that could be an excellent discussion in a literature class a history class you can come up with math and science in different ways but the girls are being formed, your character is being formed during these years and that's the key you know um because they are living in the middle of the world the idea is not, um, you know, just keep everything bad away from them. Of course, that, that's just not at all what we're doing, but forming those good habits, um, knowing um, why you choose things, you know, having that good grounding, um, I think is, a, is the best way to confront whatever is challenging, whether it's social media or choices of friends or entertainment, I mean, all kinds of things, certainly like perennial issues. Um, that's really important. The other thing I would say before I See if my friends have been, uh, um Social media um, is particularly damaging to girls. And this is a very strong point that Leonard Sachs brings up. There's a lot of research that backs it up because, of, for many reasons, but I, I think I was alluding to it. This sort of, um, I didn't like you to say fragility or um, comparison or, you know, you're, you're, you're fragile when you're growing up and wondering about things um, and the constant. Um, tendency to compare, you know, compare yourself or all of that can be, can be just very damaging for girls. Um, So, I mean, here we don't, you know, we're in school all day. We, we pride ourselves on, you know, eyeball to eyeball, eyeball, you know, it's a lot of interpersonal relationships are developed here. I call this a very conversation rich place. So you just walk around, people are talking developing strong relationships. That's a great antidote to relationships that are more superficial. Our girls learn to distinguish pretty quickly, I think what is real or not quickly, but over time as they mature, true friendship and false friendship. So they're not they're not as attracted by things that are just not you could say like less worthy of them. I mean they're human and they're you know, they've got their struggles but I think partly because they've experienced here so many good relationships. Um, learning what good friendships are—they're less drawn to things that are um, just more superficial. Um, so these are different ways that we go at it. But I, I, think, think I, think,
1: I think that's a good good way to look at it. I said, I, kind of building on um, knowing who she is. Obviously, you know, having daughters who are, who are confident in who they are, um, I think will make them less um, uh, likely to get drawn into something you know, highly political or divisive uh, in a way that's negative. However, um, I think that one of the beautiful things will go back to humility, um, I think that uh, trying to get your daughter to take a step back and think about the people that they're engaging with as people. Uh, just a quick anecdote, my daughter, <coughs> excuse me, uh, who's a sophomore in college, Ocrest, proud Ocrest grad, is taking a class in um, a contemporary uh, U.S. history, and so she's they're diving into all of these crazy uh, things that you know issues that are coming up and divisive issues. And uh, she contacted me to complain about how you know there's kids in these classes who, who are disrespectful and they're they're attacking blah blah blah. And I basically then said you know just you know make your make your argument confidently, respectfully, and, and you know you can't control them. And she. Uh, Called me two days later and said that one of the girls who was particularly nasty uh, came up and apologized to her and said, "I hope that you didn't take my comments as being a personal attack," which she totally did. But <laughs> but it was nice that, that she wasn't the one who had to apologize. So again, I think I think just yeah that that knowing who you are, but then also that humility to not uh, not want to take an easy attack and mm-hmm. and, and, and tear someone down.
2: So, and I, I'm just going to follow up that a yeah. little bit. Um, I do not teach debate at Ocrest, <laughs> um, but I was subbing one day in a debate class, and um, I walked out of there ten inches off the ground because I saw how they are instructed um, to listen to what someone's saying, to say back to them what they heard that person saying. Am I understanding you well? I appreciate and finding the good in what that person just said, and then to make a comment back but um, so they're learning how to have civil dialogue about things you might disagree about and um, i just i just think that's the the an, um, antidote to um, many things that, the way that people are approaching each other today is that there's a lot of these young people that are coming out because i can calm down a situation tremendously between a couple of people if um, if there's that person who does know how to really listen to you and to respect you very much and to respect respect your opinion. So I just can't say enough about the debate class.
1: Um, Uh, Another question. Any advice on building a relationship with a daughter who is highly introverted? Mm -hmm. I extend invitations that are declined and I don't want to push too hard. Very, very familiar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm
0: we um that's a good one. i think it reminds me of the conversations we have with the men, among the mentors I mean, we um the mentor everybody who's a mentor here gets mentoring really on how to be a mentor and we talked about what do you do when you have a student who's shy, um and so we have lots of ways we just share ideas um so it might it could be somewhat translatable um I think people have talked about, and I don't know if this would work for a parent but um, reading a book together—that that's been very nice. It could, I suppose, it could also extend to um, having it an experience, like I don't know, watching a movie. But the reading the book, I know, is quite common for mentors to, to do, like some story. If you were to share, I mean, again, I a mentor like, I let's do this together. It's just a natural. You know, it's a point outside of the both parties. You know, a common third point, if you will, that can be um, really helpful. We also people also talk about um, the girls. Um, anything that like we'll we'll just do walks. Absolutely. Yeah, so better. And or car rides or classic. So I'm not I'm not staring at you, but we're you know we're walking. I we mean that's his favorite, especially with the shine. Is let's, just, let's just go on a walk. So I'm not like interviewing you or in the car. That's why a lot of people love the carpool, the benefits of carpooling and long rides with any teenager, really, our sense that you can get into a with That's putting them in a confidence spot. And I want to make one, before I, I wanted to go back. This is a little bit different, but uh, I mean, it's some, somewhat related. Um, with they, well, they say with introverts, they have um, a longer runway. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we don't want to let you to allow them time. Um, but I think that um, expre- expressing affection for interest, I think notes are particularly good. because we mentioned, like, girls need words of affirmation. And I think that's very true. But you also have to find your way to give those words to you. It might not be, you know what I mean? It, I think notes and cards and things like that, I've, I've over the years seen um, girls get um, special a note in a in a lunch bag either from a mom or dad it can be one of those apology notes whatever and that's just is so and that's just the right thing for certain kids and maybe a, a way in could be showing affection can be through writing I don't know little, little notes but no. some ideas there. That actually that came to mind
1: when Terry was talking about you know, uh, Verbalizing affection or, or showing that physical affection, um, and again, I'm 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 not out of the woods yet, so I, I say I'll say, take all caution in giving anyone any advice. But for the introverts in my family, uh, that is kind of my go-to, is, and, it, and it's not natural for me either, uh, to go up and when they're trying to be kind of uh, at, at an arm's length, force myself in the rug and let that let that say all, all, all that's going to say. So, but
2: that's you know. And I think also, um, and don't take this the wrong way, but um, I wouldn't ask her. <laughs> so I think it's kind of make it happen, you know? Uh, you, you know, you can be a little tricky on that front, but um, so I've got a project, it's a DIY. This is what everybody's doing now. I wanna redo the, the bathroom and I need your help. And so working side by side, if you're making mistakes. You're gonna to go to Home Depot together. You're gonna come back. I mean, different things like that can be fantastic. And um, I know I, I, I love the idea of reading books. I think um, I remember when Bleak House came out, <laughs> and it's a series, it's a long series, it's phenomenal um, based on a Dickens novel. And um, it sounds terrible, but it's really fun. It um, puts you right in the time period and all these really strange characters. And we would watch it and at the time it was just coming episodically. So you could only watch it once a week. You know, every, every week you can't, you couldn't do any binge watching, which I, um, I would suggest to do something like that. That's a worthwhile thing to sit down. She likes that kind of thing. Um, to um, like watch one episode of Weed House. And literally at dinner, we talked about it until the next week. Like, What do you think is going to happen here? What kind of character is that? have you ever seen anybody like that in your life? You know, like different things. So I don't know, just fun things to get the conversation going.
1: Well, we are out of time, but I did want to thank you, Mary and Terry again, for taking the time. Again, I hope that for everyone who is watching or listening, um, you got a sense of the quality of the people that, that are working with your school or with your daughters, and then also are available to to uh, work with you and that we want you to be a part of this, this uh, effort to, to, to form your daughters and to, to um, develop women leaders. A couple of things to keep in mind, um, some, some dates to keep in mind. Um, on March 13th, so is that two Saturdays from now? We'll be having our annual uh, humanities lecture and Dr. Evelyn Birch Fitz of New York University is gonna be talking about beauty, piety and fun in medieval literature so maybe uh, whoever uh, sent in that question about what to talk to an introvert about <laughs> you can watch this together and, and see if that, that brings up any interesting conversation this is a, a really beautiful part of our our annual um uh, calendar it it's, it has nothing to do with the, the curriculum the school has nothing to do with the per, uh, specific formation of your daughters it's just a great opportunity to hear someone speak about a very interesting topic that hopefully is frankly that an opportunity for you to talk to your wife, your daughters, your family, uh, and build culture within within the O'Krest community. So that's one date to keep in mind. Um, the uh, O'Krest Gala and Auction, April seventeenth. You'll be uh, hearing more about that. Again, that was a it's a it's a big event for our school. It's it's a great opportunity to support um, everything you're you're hearing about tonight. So please put that on your calendar and then. Uh, the father-daughter dance, I know we we were a, a big uh, tradition and something especially for the Father's Club we look forward to every year, um, is now scheduled for May 29th at Westwood Country Club. So again, pray for uh, you know opening uh, more flexibility, excuse me, for in-person events. And if everything goes well, we'll be uh, together again with our daughters uh, dancing the night away at Westwood Country Club. And Kurt uh, Herrick actually, did send in, and one of our our co-chairs of the Fathers Club uh, is is thinking right now about ways that we can get together as as fathers and daughters and maybe organize a hike uh, when the weather gets nicer. So again, these are things, keep keep your ears out. We hope to have uh, more opportunities like this before the end of the school year. Uh, But again, thank you for taking the time uh, to join us tonight and hope you have a great evening. Take care.
2: Bye-bye.